Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. If you have your Bibles, if you turn to the first chapter of Colossians this morning, we'll get rolling. Uh, we're going to start with the ninth verse. Colossians 1 verse 9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Anybody here, that's your heart's desire? Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Okay? I want you to know this morning that that's possible. But I'm afraid many of us come to church and live a Christian life believing it's not. And God wants us to be aware that it is. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may be you may have great endurance and patience. Ooh, patience. Mm, careful. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Wow. Wow. All right. I want to walk back through some of this and just pick out some words for you and maybe uh, help shed some light on that for you. And then... um, well, my heart's desire this morning is that um, I kept praying and felt like God had taken me to identity in Christ to, to just begin to look and open up God's word and understand who we are in Christ. But in order to do that, you got to understand who you were. We never fully appreciate who we are in Christ till we understand who we were without him. And so... Um, I kept praying, and the Lord brought me to this passage, and this is a rescue passage. This is a passage about Jesus, the rescuer. And so we're going to walk our way through some of this and walk to that place. And then I want to do just a little bit of illustration to um, help you take home today a picture of who God's made us to be so that hopefully we make a decision to live like God's made us to be and not like we used to be. And hopefully we'll live a, begin to live a life like God's made us to be and quit trying to make ourselves to be what we think God wants us to be. Because many of us spend our lives focused on us trying to be who God wants us to be. And God keeps saying to us, I already made you to be that. Enter my rest and walk in who I made you to be. And so we're going to look at some of that today. So um, it says, uh, in verse 9, it says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. 
We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of his will uh, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Okay? The knowledge of his will, not an impression, not a feeling. He's not talking about that he would, we would be filled with a knowledge or a feeling. He's talking about a deep, deep understanding of our relationship with God. And folks, that does not come um, simply and easily just, you know, many of us want this ATM relationship with God where we plug our little card in, pull our card out, take from the slot what we get from God, and off we go. A knowledge, a deep knowledge of his will is going to come through work, through bathing yourself in God's word and applying God's word to your life. Okay, it's going to come through sacrifice, through service. It's going to come through work. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You got to put feet to what God's done. He wants to reveal to us. He wants you to walk in a knowledge of his will. You know, we talked two weeks ago, or, or I guess a few weeks ago, about a knowledge of his will we, and how we pursue that. So I want to know God's will for me. I want to know God's will for me. Well, he, he said in his word time and time and time again, here's my will for you. He wants us to walk in a knowledge of his will. It's not this mystery thing that he's held out for us that we got to, you know, jump through all these hoops to figure it out. He wants to reveal it to you. You're his child, hopefully. You're his child. And he wants you to know what he, uh, his will. It says through all wisdom and understanding. Wisdom being the ability to, um, to understand, or the ability to organize principles from Scripture, to accept and organize principles from Scripture and understanding being, means being to apply these principles to daily living. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to understand and be able to uh, organize those things and apply them to everyday life. He wants you to get in Scripture, organize those thoughts, organize and understand what he wants you to do and apply those to daily living. A knowledge of his will. It doesn't come with your Bible sitting on the night table watching it every day. I, I grew up in a, a home, of a Brady Butch home, and uh, my, my mom and dad, uh, my stepmom and dad married when I was two or two and a half. And, uh, you know, I remember growing up in a home, I was the youngest of six kids, and, um, you know, we had Bibles all over our house. You know, my parents made us go to church every Sunday morning. Every We did Sunday evening back then, by the way. I can tell you how long ago that was. Um, Sunday evening, Wednesday, we were at church. If the youth had something going on, all of us were shipped off to that. Um, and, and, you know, I was introduced to the gospel early, um, though I didn't make a decision to follow Christ until I was a sophomore at Mississippi State. Um, but I remember walking in my home, and, and time after time, I watched my dad's Bible sit by his bedside, other books on top of it from time to time, other things around it, but I never saw it move. Stayed in the same place. I can picture it in my head right now. Stayed in the same place my whole life. 
It's not what God intended for my daddy. It's not what God intended for us. He wants us to get in Scripture, bathe in Scripture, pour in our, our lives into Scripture so that he may share with us what's coming in our life, so that he may share with us his will for us, so that he may share with us the principles that he wants us to walk by and that we would understand them and be able to apply them to daily life. Folks, you're walking through troubles. Troubles aren't eliminated that way, but I can tell you if you walk and apply its principles to daily life, there's probably a whole lot less troubles that we walk through because he'll counsel me on how to avoid some of them if I listen and if I walk that way. Understanding, he says, um, so that you may, uh, verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, worthy Live a life consistent with the believer's identification with the Lord who saved them. He wants us to live a life consistent with the one who saved us, our identification with him, okay? My professor and mentor in my life, one of my mentors, Johnny's one, Dr. Frey has been another one. Um, He was the one who really responsible to bite me, get me bit by the Africa bug. And, uh, but Dr. Frey always said to me, you must deal with sin in your life as brutally as Christ dealt with it on the cross. Are you? Am I? Am I dealing with the sin in my life, the sin that the evil one conti- continues to throw up at me or the things that continue to cross my path Am I dealing with it as brutally as Christ dealt with it on the cross? Am I putting it to death? Because he wants us to live a life worthy of the Lord, worthy of the one that we're identified with, the one who saved us. Am I walking and living in a way that's worthy of what's been done for me? And he says, and please the Lord, please him in every way. He goes to a list bearing fruit in every good work. Uh, I often pray on Sunday morning for the one that's preaching. And there's a verse that says, if, if he will cleanse himself from all things that are unlike God, he will be a vessel of honor made useful to the master, sanctified, holy, prepared for every good work, which is what God longs to do through us, is bear fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God and being strengthened with all power and according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Okay, endurance, why? Because the Christian life's not easy. It's not simple, it's not easy. Okay? And if that's what you were promised, that it's an easy life, I'm sorry. Okay, it's not easy, but it's certainly possible. And then we're going to learn right here in just a minute why. He says, uh, and giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share. I'm going to come back to that. To share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he rescued you, rescued us. This is a rescue passage. Rescue means to draw oneself to deliver. And it refers to um, our being delivered from um, a spiritual liberation by God from Satan's kingdom, which in contrast 
Okay, what, what is Satan's kingdom like? It's a kingdom of darkness. It's a kingdom of deception. It's a kingdom of wickedness. And you were taken out of that and transferred to a kingdom of light, of truth and purity and life and light. We're going to look at that in a minute. We were trapped in darkness, trapped in sin, trapped in deception, had no way out, and he rescued us. Folks, if you don't smile about that, something's wrong. He rescued us. It's a rescue passage. It's great news this morning. For you were rescued. You had no hope, no chance, no options. He's not your better option. He's your only option. And you were transferred from a dominion of darkness to a dominion of light to the son he loves. I'm telling you. Wow. You feel second best? You feel like God doesn't love you very much? That he's not looking at you? That he's not paying attention to you? Garbage. For he paid great price for you. He looks down at you and sees such a great, valuable, precious person, precious uh, investment for him, precious creation of his. And he says, I'll pay the ransom for that one. Wow. You got somebody that loves you like that? Nobody's ever loved me like that. Tim and I have talked before, and um, because I grew up a crippled kid, I, you know, I remember uh, on the basketball court at, with all my friends at school, I was the last one chosen because I wore a big Forrest Gump kind of brace on my right leg. And they were like, uh, no, we ain't picking him. Uh, so I was the last one always chosen. And, uh, you know, football never got chosen, you know, which I could have done some damage with that leg on that, but um, um, never chosen. Um, even in our neighborhood games, I was always, my, one of my brothers and sisters always chose me so because they felt bad for me. Um, I've always wanted to be on the team. It's been a longing of my life to be on the team. And I, I, Tim's helped me in some ways begin to realize that that's a motivation in my heart, you know, and something that God's healing for me, but uh, I've always wanted to be on the team. And I read this passage, you know what it says? First choice. I'll pick that one. I'll pick that one. First choice on my team is that one right there. Me. You. Wherever at, God's going, first choice, I'll pick that one. I'll pick that one. You don't feel like you're worthy to be chosen? God's saying to you this morning, I'll pick that one. Pick you. I got you. Okay. Oh, you, oh, you got first pick? Uh, I got that one. He qualified you. He qualified you. Go back to verse 12. It says, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance. He says, that one's worthy. 
I'll take that one. He's acceptable. He's mine. Let's get that one. If you hear nothing else this morning, please hear that. He qualified you to share in his inheritance. The inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. It's like being qualified for a race, you know. Anybody here run for enjoyment? God, oh, you do? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's exactly what I think, you know. Is anybody chasing you? Um, but that's why you looked at, and I look like this. But um, we're qualified. You know, you get qualified for a race, okay? You, you, you show that you're able and have the ability to run the race. And God says, not because of what you did, because of what I'll do for you. You're able, worthy, choosable, and I choose you. Wow. That's who you are in Christ Jesus. So stop living like you used to before you met Christ Jesus. So many of us have been qualified, have been chosen, but we've gotten stuck living old ways. He says, for he rescued you. He Draw you, drew you to himself and he transferred you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the son he loves. He qualified you and you became a love gift to the son he loves. For he says to the son, we choose that one. We choose that one. Do you understand this morning that you are, if you've come to faith in Christ, you are a love gift to the son he loves because that's what he did. He rescued you and made you a love gift to that kingdom. No longer in darkness, no longer in deception, no longer in death. See, this was not a goodness problem. This was a death problem. The kingdom of darkness is a kingdom of death. And he transferred you to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of life, the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. It was a sin problem. And the sin problem had a price to it. The price was, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Our sin problem had a price, and the price was death. And Jesus, we were qualified, and Jesus says, I'll ransom. Redemption means ransom. And Jesus says, I'll pay the ransom for that one. I'll pay the ransom for that one, for that one, for that one. And he'll be transferred from death to life, to the kingdom that the Father gave me. So why would I go and sell myself to slavery again if I've been ransomed 
from, from the slavery I was trapped in. He says this if you look in chapter 2. Uh, nope, it's 122 is where it is. Make sure I'm in the right place. It says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now have you been reconciled through Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Folks, we, we have given far too much attention to the accusations of the evil one. And this morning, I just, my prayer this morning coming in was, Father, stop the lies that we listen to that says I'm unworthy, that I'm messing everything up. Do you know this passage was written to the people in, in Colossians, the Colossian church, and, and they were messing it up. If you read through the whole book, you're going to understand that they're messing it up pretty good. And these are the people that he writes and says, I rescued you. Let me show you what it's like and what it takes to live a life worthy of the Lord. Pleasing him in every way. It was possible. But the evil one keeps whispering in our ear saying, you've messed it up far too much for God to use you. Far too much for you to be pleasing to him. And we feel like we disappoint him all the time. But it says he transferred. And part of that was making us holy and presenting us without blemish in his sight. Guys, gifts that we've been given that, God may, that Christ made possible through his death and resurrection, gifts that we've been given as we were made new creations in Christ, we fail to live out and spend our time wrestling through the same old, same old, same old things. And we were transferred to this kingdom so that we could live a whole new life. Transferred to this kingdom so that we could live a whole new life. The ransom was required for my sin. He paid a debt that I could not pay. And he says, reckon it is so. Reckon yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. Count it as so. Live a life that counts it as so. He's not a genie in a bottle where you rub it and say, God, let me be dead to my sin. He's saying, reckon it every day of your life to be so and live it out. Because he gave us his Holy Spirit who lives in us, who allows that to be possible who helps us reckon these things, these truths, as so in our life. It is possible, folks, to live a life, a daily life, pleasing 
to the Father in every way. If not, tear that page out of your Bible. He wouldn't have said it. The must does not come without a may. The must that says you must live your life this way does not come without a may that says you may do it because I made it possible. But you got to believe. You got to believe. Galatians 5 says, It is for freedom that Christ set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves become burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And, you know, for so many of us, we keep saying, God set me free. God set me free. God set me free. And God keeps whispering back to us, Stand firm then. Stand firm then. Stand firm then. I set you free. Stand firm then in your freedom. Stand firm then in who I made you to be. Stand firm then in the reality of who you are as a new creation. But we listen to this lie that says, you know what, can't get it done. Because I'm a sinner saved by grace. You are. You were. You were. You were. You were a sinner. And God offered you grace. But you know how we use that phrase? To justify what we just did. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I, I messed up and I'm going to mess up. So, you know, <laughs> thankfully God's grace is there. Amen. But that's not who you made you to be. That's who you were. Paul says, I'm not a sinner saved by grace. Look through Paul's letters. He says, I'm a saint by calling. You will never live consistently in a way that's inconsistent with the way you think. If you say, I'm a sinner, you know what? You're going to run back to it. As a dog returns to his vomit, so there it is. I'm a saint by calling. And in my calling and in what God did in my life was he made all these things possible. I have to believe. I have to reckon these things. I have to put feet to these things. It's not genie in a bottle. I talk to people all the time and they say, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. I said, well, you know, here's what you need to do. Well, I did that. No, it's not what you did. It's what you need to be doing. Did means your genie didn't work for you. I did that. I asked God to do this and he didn't show up. No, <laughs> not my God. So you may be attached to the wrong one. I don't know, but my God always shows up. But it's not about rubbing this bottle and going, God, do this for me. Poof. Okay. You know, you may have a Disney God. I don't know, but um, not him. He always shows up. But it's about what I'm doing. I have to keep doing these things, keep reckoning to myself that I'm dead to sin and alive to God. It's not something I do today and it lasts for 30, 31 days. I do it today, maybe three times today. I do it tomorrow. 
I do it the next day. Reckon myself as dead to sin. Reckon myself as being transferred to the kingdom of light. Reckon myself as being transferred from death to life. All these things he's done for me. I'm making a choice to begin to live that way and not the way that I used to live when I was a slave to sin and I couldn't find freedom. I love the illustration of Lazarus when they said, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes out, he's wrapped in grave clothes. And what did they say to him? Unwrap him and let him go. Folks, if you're here today and you're struggling with stuff, find somebody this morning. There's a lot of us here that would love to help unwrap you and let you go. But you got to put feet to it. Okay? He may impress upon me to come to you, but chances are he's going to impress upon you to come to me. We want, he wants to unwrap you and let you go. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to walk in all the things he's done. He doesn't want you to struggle through getting through all this life, but you got to believe it. You got to claim it. I'm not a claim and this is not a prosperity thing. This is just saying in my mind, I reckon myself. I say, God, I understand that you did these things. So help me adjust my life, my perspective, everything to what you have done in me and made me to be. And I promise you live different. Okay? I have this illustration I've done. I borrowed everything. If you've ever been in youth ministry, you know that um, in youth ministry, everything we had, we stole from somebody else. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see if I can get all this unpacked. Um, I saw this illustration, uh, gosh, probably 15 years ago and began to just use it. Uh, I have permission to use it. Other people ha- use it too. Um, one of my good friends, Mr. Giglio, was the first one that ever did it. And I even asked him if I could use it. So, um, But it's a, it's a picture of who we are in Christ. And I just want to walk you through this real quick. Since you have a picture of it, let's get all this stuff out. Uh, yeah, big lots love me this morning. Um, oop, we'll clean up later. All right. The gospel says this. We have a sin problem. And through Adam... Sin entered the world, okay? Adam made a choice to eat of the fruit, and sin entered the world. Nothing's been the same ever since, okay? We were born in sin, right? Sin was in our world. We were born into a world of sin. Can we agree upon that? Is that right? All right, so... This is going to represent you. Okay, and this is what, you're going to follow this through. All right, so this is you. And you were born in sin, but the Bible also says, for all of what? 
sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So not only you had a big problem because not only were you born into a world of sin, but sins in you also because you made a choice to sin. So your problem looked like this. So you can see it from every side. Okay. These little suction cup lens or lids. All right. So this is you. And the Bible says you sinned. Okay. So sin is in you. You had that problem. But not only was sin in you, but you lived in a world of sin. Don't want to do two of them. Don't want to put you that deep. Bear with me. All right. Sin was in you, and you were in sin. Seal up. So this is what you look like. Okay? Without Christ, that's what you look like. See you in there? Okay? You were... Sin was in you, and you were trapped in sin. And you had no way to get out. You had no way to get out. But it says that God qualified you, and he rescued you, so he reaches in, and he takes you out of sin, and sin out of you by the death of Christ, by his shed blood on the cross. He paid the price. He ransomed you. Oop, don't want to throw you down. And he takes sin out of you and you out of sin. So, and, and in doing that, it says it is Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So as I receive what God has done for me, he lives inside of me, Right? He lives inside of me, okay? Um, whoop, write the right thing. So Christ is placed in me. He rescued me from the dominion of darkness and placed me into the dominion of the Son he loves. So Christ is in me, and that's done by faith. By faith, by grace through faith, you've been saved. Okay, so Christ does this work and Christ is placed in me, but only was Christ placed in me, but the Bible says that I am with Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? Something God did for us. He put us, not only Christ in us, but he put us in Christ. And we can say he put us in Christ and we can let the blue top be the Holy Spirit because we were sealed with the Holy Spirit guaranteeing our inheritance, okay? If I didn't smudge it off my fingers. Um, so look at this. That's you. See you? And Christ is in you. But you are in Christ. 
Okay, pretty good place to be, right? Much, well, which would you rather be? Here or here? Okay? It, it, you got to make that choice, okay? So Christ is, Christ is in you. You're in Christ. And this is a whole new lifestyle. You understand what I'm saying? This is a whole new way of living. I don't have this done for me. And I go back to living this way. I've been taken out of this. I've been delivered, rescued, ransomed from this to this. But check this out. (laughs) He don't stop there. Because he says, both you and Christ were placed in God. Both you and Christ were placed in God. Where's my marker? If you go in my house, you'll see all my Tupperware stored in a God box where I did this before. (laughs) So we got new Tupperware today. Yay. You know why Tupperware was invented in, I think they said 1944 or something like that. You know why it was invented? To illustrate God. Um, they didn't know it, but somebody needs to tell them. See you in there. Hallelujah. Christ in you, you in Christ, and all that sealed in God. Now, you tell me this morning, who is able to bust into that and undo that? No one. No one. one. You know what keeps that from happening? Me. Because I choose to live outside the reality of what was done for me. And this morning, my encouragement to you is get in his word. Understand who he made you to be and reckon it as done in your life. Reckon it as done into your life and watch what things fall off of your life. Watch what things change, what things fall away because you begin to live out the promises and the reality of the way he changed you and made you a new creation. So it's all about, guys, ladies, gentlemen, is that I live a life worthy of the one who purchased me. And I please him in every way by the way I live. Can I do it by myself? No, I can't. But folks, Jesus living in my skin can get it done. I just have to reckon that to be because that's what he wants. He wants me to die to myself that, what does the Colossians, or Galatians 2.20 say? It's not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah. It's the mystery that everybody longed to know. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
This time of year we say, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. And on a scream, go beyond that. Jesus, God in me. God with me is great. God in me is fathoms beyond that. God in you, the hope of glory. God in you, the hope of living a life worthy of the one who saved you, pleasing him in every way. God in you, the hope of living a new creation, like a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. If you're frowning, let's talk. And you'll be smiling. My challenge to you today is that you leave today understanding that it's possible to live a life pleasing and that you would go and find yourself in God's word, reckon those things as yours through Christ Jesus and you would begin to live that kind of life. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, And if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening. And remember, the service begins now.